The following is a presentation by The Tabernacle, a community of changed lives. For more information regarding service times or if you would like to make a donation to The Tabernacle, you can do so by visiting our website at www.thetabchurch.com. Thanks. You may be seated. Thank you for being here. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors. This is The Tabernacle. Uh, If you're wondering what happened, uh, this is a creative idea. We've always been a church that takes risks, and we appreciate over the years those of you that continue to take risks with us, and those that don't like to take risks have long gone uh, or will be soon. So, um, sorry, we're not really that cold-hearted, but uh, seriously, thank you uh, for being with us and being a part of this. Uh, The series that we're starting today is called God Speaks. I believe God speaks. God speaks. And many of us, we pray to God or we come to church searching for God and and, and we cry out to God, we call to God. And I wonder sometimes if, if we really hear his voice or maybe it's not so much if we really hear his voice as if we like what God is saying. Because the problem with God speaking is, is he might say something. And if he speaks to me, what will he say? What will I hear? God speaks, that's how the whole story of human existence began. Scripture says in the book of Genesis that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And he started by saying, let there be light. God speaks and things are created. In fact, everything that we see, everything we feel, everything we experience, the sole reason that you're here, we are a result of God speaking. He spoke the world into existence and light came out of his mouth, and the division of light and dark came out of his mouth, and rocks and trees came out of his mouth, right? And northern Michigan and snow, human beings, the dirt to make them with, came out when God first spoke. And our first parents, Adam and Eve, as they were in the garden, God spoke to them. They walked with God. God spoke to them, and God spoke with them. When they disobeyed God, And polluted themselves and us, the descendants of Adam and Eve, and all the world with their sin. God continued to speak to them. After cursing for their sin and and the curse of death and separation, God spoke love and mercy and grace to them. He made skins for them and continued to speak to them. And we see as you read through the Bible, you read chronologically, God continues to speak to his people. God loves his people and he cares about his people. And we're made in the image of God and God wants a relationship with us. And part of a relationship with anybody is communication. So God speaks. He spoke to a man named Abraham who was just minding his own business in a land called Ur. And he called him out and said, I'm going to take you to a land. I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to make you into a great nation. All the nations are going to be blessed through you. And he promised this guy, Abram, he promised that there would be a Messiah. There would be a savior that would come to kind of put back the relationship between human beings and God. God speaks to Abraham. And God continued to speak. He, 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 he speaks to his son, Isaac. He also speaks to Jacob, and he speaks to their descendants. When God's people were made slaves in Egypt, we see that God speaks to Moses, and Moses goes on a mission to set God's people free. And on behalf of God, he spoke to Pharaoh. 
Moses says to Pharaoh, God speaks and says, let my people go. When God speaks, God speaks freedom. God speaks freedom. And when these people vacated Egypt and they were given possession of this promised land, God continues to speak. He speaks through their leaders. He speaks through the judges that were called not only to judge the laws, but also to be the religious leaders of their day. And then God speaks through kings, kings like David. And we have recorded his praises and his prayers and his laments and psalms. God speaks through the book of Psalms and God speaks through David's son, Solomon, even though he wasn't perfect. And we have Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. We have all this wisdom from God because God speaks. When God speaks, he speaks blessing and he speaks wisdom. And then we see God speaking through all of these prophets. Prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah. Prophets that are called to preach the gospel. They're called to preach that there's a Messiah that's coming. Also called to preach to God's people, calling them back to the heart of God and away from their sins. To love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love their neighbor as themselves. To be seekers after God. And so all through the Old Testament, God speaks. He speaks to his people. The very last prophet we see in the Old Testament that speaks is a prophet named Malachi. The last book of the Old Testament, this prophet Malachi, his ministry, same thing, calling people to repentance, pointing out the sins of Israel, begging them to come back to God. But Malachi also does something different. He speaks to the future and he says, not only will there be a king, a Messiah, a savior that's going to put back our relationship with God, but Malachi also speaks of a messenger that's going to come before the Messiah. One that will prepare the way before the Messiah shows up announcing himself at the temple. Of course, he's speaking of John the Baptist. And so Malachi speaks of the Messiah, but he also speaks of this messenger that's going to be kind of like the great prophet Elijah. And he's going to come in and he's going to prepare the way. And then something happens at the end of Malachi's ministry after all of his prophecies are concluded. God stops speaking. No more prophets. No more utterances. No more scripture. 400 years. The heavens are silent. God's not speaking. Now God's not mad at anybody. God's not up there giving us the silent treatment. God didn't stop being God during that time. He didn't stop hearing prayers. He didn't stop answering prayers. He didn't stop interacting with human beings. He was still God. He's still on the throne. He's still all in control. He's he's omnipotent. He's sovereign. But during those 400 years, God's arranging things. He's putting the right people in the right places. He's arranging the geopolitical landscape, the right kings and the right rulers and the right nations arranged at just the right time, the right people. It says in Galatians, in the fullness of time is when the Christmas story starts. In the fullness of times, when the time was ripe, when everything was just perfect. And then God sends one of his angelic beings on a mission to earth after 400 years, to break the silence and speak. And in in my mind's eye, I mean, it's kind of like he was in his presence and God sent him on the mission and this angel, like a shooting star, just Google Earth. 
flame all behind it, right? Now, please don't leave and say, you know, Pastor John says we see a shooting star. That's an angel. So make a wish, throw some salt over your shoulder, knock on wood, do something like that. No, we're not doing that. That's just my imagination. But God speaks, and that's where we pick up the story in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 5. It says, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before them in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Let's pause right there and summarize what's going on. At the fullness of time, when just the time was right, God had everything arranged. He sends this messenger. And who he sends the messenger to is a righteous man named Zechariah. It says he was upright, he was blameless. And he's married to a woman, Elizabeth, who's also upright and blameless. Now, don't hear that to say they were perfect. Too many people stay far away from God because they think they have to be perfect. They weren't perfect. When it says upright and blameless, righteous before God, they were believers in God. Okay, so they're Christians even before Christ has come. They're seeking God. They want to hear from God. They're worshipers of God. They're loving God. They're loving their neighbor. They're fulfilling the commandments. They're fulfilling the law as best they understand them. But it also tells us about Zechariah and Elizabeth that they're well advanced in years. Now, it doesn't tell us exactly how old they are, but I'm assuming they're a little bit past retirement age because it says that Elizabeth was barren, meaning she had not had a child her whole life, Hadn't even had a miscarriage is the understanding. And that they're past the age where a man and woman are going to have a baby. Way beyond it. But they're upright and they're blameless. Now the other thing we know about Zechariah is he's a priest. That means he's from a certain tribe. You couldn't just be any tribe. You had to be a Levite. So he's from the tribe of Levi and he's a priest. But there's hundreds of priests. And he's from a no account town. And there's hundreds if not thousands of priests. But in the fullness of time, it just so happens that his division of priests, it was their week to go up to Jerusalem and serve. He'd been there before. They have all kinds of duties in the temple. They got sacrifices and prayers and different things that they got to do. They're the little worker bees making this whole thing work for the entire nation. But his division was on duty at the fullness of time. And it just so happens that the lot fell to him 
to burn incense in the temple. I don't know. Did they roll dice? Did they draw straws? You know, did they play a quick game of euchre? See who got the, you know, the privilege of going in. But we know this. It was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Didn't happen all the time. His division that week, his number, the one job is to go and burn incense. And the incense that was burned was in the Holy of Holies in the inside of the temple. Not everybody got to go there. Now, it's a little bit different here at the tabernacle. We take anybody, all right? So if you're watching online, you're listening online, yes, you're welcome, right? And I know this because I stand in a room full of a whole bunch of misfit toys, right? I mean, that's who we are right up here. We take anybody because all you have to do to qualify to be a seeker of God is to admit that you're a wicked sinner, right? And that you need a savior. But that temple was different. Not anyone could go in. You had to be a Jew. And then into the holy place, I mean, you're going to have to be a priest. Into the holy of holies, you have to be the one selected because you could die in there. Where Zachariah is going, they actually tied a rope around his leg in case something happened. If he didn't purify himself right, if he didn't take the right bath, the right shower, the right clothes, breathe the right prayer, didn't have a product in his hair, I don't know. If, I mean, the presence of God could kill him and then they'd have to drag him out. They don't want that body stinking in there and no one else wanted to go in and die. Are you with me? And so he's called upon, you got one shot in the presence of God to pray on behalf of your nation and to throw in your little prayer. Here's a question. If you had one shot with God, what would your prayer be? What would it be? You knew that you knew that you knew that you're in his presence and you're burning the incense. Well, Zachariah's in there. And I imagine he's praying on behalf of all the people. It says all the people are outside and they're praying and they're counting on him to pray right. And then all of a sudden, an angel appears. Bam. Now, I've never seen an angel, but I've got a pretty good feeling that all of our little artistic renditions that you see on greeting cards or on, remember, touched by an angel and all that kind of stuff, I don't think they do it justice according to Scripture. In Scripture, almost whenever you see an angel, the first thing they have to say is, sir, 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 calm down, calm down, sir. They always have to say, fear not, because people get freaked out at the sight of an angel. Not because we worship angels, we don't. We worship the God that angels serve. But something about being in their presence, it's pretty impressive. I don't know. Do they got wings? Are they doing that type of thing, right? Are they shining flames of gold? Whatever. Zachariah has this vision. He's filled with fear. And the angel says, fear not. And then check out what he says. The Lord has heard your prayer. Guys, just because it's felt like 400 years of silence, it doesn't mean God's not speaking. It doesn't mean that God hasn't heard. And here he hears these words. God's heard. And guess what? You're going to have a son. I know you're old. She's barren. You're both old. Barren should be retired now to that little condo, that little cabin in the UP. No, you're going to have a son. And he's going to be a special son. He's going to be the one that Malachi talked about. He's going to prepare the way for the Messiah. The Messiah's coming. This is it. And he gives him the special instructions about being a Nazarite. And he's not going to cut his hair. Just like Sam's not going to cut his hair. Not going to take strong drink. What's Zechariah's response? Verse 18. And Zechariah said to the angel, 
how shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. That's a very kind way of saying, my wife is old. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these seasons take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. What just happened? Well, Zechariah responds, I wonder if the same way that I would respond. I don't know what I would do if I saw an angel, but Zechariah responds with doubt. Is this really God speaking? And if God is speaking this, how is this possible? How shall this be? Now, it seems innocent enough, but Zechariah should know better. He knows the scriptures. He knows this is the God that spoke the world into existence. He knows this is the God that spoke to Abram and Sarah and they had a child. The God that spoke and the people were freed. The God that spoke creativity and spoke redemption and speaks freedom. This is the God who speaks. And you've been praying, hoping that he speaks. And now he speaks. And what does he do in that moment? How can this be? I'm old. We have wrinkles. And then I love Gabriel's response right? I don't think angels slouch, but if he wasn't standing to his full stature, he did then. I mean, you can, you can read it on the pages. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God Almighty. I was sent here to speak to you on his behalf. Now, I don't think Gabriel was losing his temper, right? But you see the rebuke in those words, do you not? This being stands in God's presence, A minute ago, I was in the Shekinah glory of the great I am. He sent me here to talk to you, and this is what you give me? How shall this be? Did you see the shooting star? Here I, oh, wow. He disbelieves. He doubts at the moment of truth. But God does something very loving. You see, really what Zachariah was saying is, I need more proof. I need more evidence. I need to know that this is really from God. I I need to know that this is really going to happen. And so God in his grace gives him a little gentle chastisement. He says, okay, because you did not believe, Gabriel speaking on behalf of God, because you did not believe, you will not be able to speak for the duration of the pregnancy. Isn't that ironic? God just spoke, and because you didn't believe he could speak, you don't get to speak. And we find out later, not only could he not speak for the duration of the pregnancy, he could also not hear. Because two other times it says people had to make signs to him, he could not hear them. So the 400 years of silence are going to continue for Zechariah because he did not believe. You're going to be deaf, and you're going to be mute for the entire duration of Elizabeth's pregnancy with this miracle baby. 
Having been the father of five children, I'm not sure that being deaf for the entire duration of a pregnancy is such a bad thing. I mean, not that I don't like to hear my wife's voice. I do. It's just the, oh, my back. Is it hot in here? It's so hot. Honey, can you get me a blizzard? You know, yeah, I'll drive to Travers and get you another blizzard. Should I just get three now? Should I just get three and just put them for can we do that? No, because then they're not fresh. I mean, can you imagine that? All the men, cowards, afraid to amen that moment. And then... You know, the people are starting to wonder. And I don't know, did they pull on the rope? But he finally comes out and they realize he's seen a vision. Something's happened. God has spoken. And he goes home to his wife when his duty's done. And she conceives. And they have a child. Right? But I love what Elizabeth says at the end. She says, God has heard me and he's taken away my reproach. He's taken away my disgrace from among the people. You know, when God speaks, he does that. He takes away our shame. He takes away our disgrace. He takes away our reproach. So here's the question. In this season, what would happen if God were to speak to us? What if God were to speak to you? Now, I know some of us are like, well, he wouldn't speak to me because I'm this. That. No, 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 no. Don't go there. You don't have to be perfect for God to speak to you. Well, I'm not even sure I'm a Christian. That's okay. We have a God that speaks to those that earnestly seek Him. Do you want to hear from God? That's the bigger question. Do you want to hear from God? And if God were to speak to you, would you even believe it? See, I think God speaks all the time. But I think we're really, really good at not listening I can't hear you, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. I know this because I'm a sinner, and I'm good at rationalizing my sin, I'm good at hiding, I'm good at blaming, I'm, I'm good at explaining away. And if I were to hear God really speak to me, what would He say? What if I didn't like what He said? What if He said to go someplace or do something? What if it meant I had to forgive? What if it meant... You know, after God speaks to me that I might have to let go of some bitterness, some anger, some rage. What if I had to give up my favorite sin, my favorite way of medicating myself against the pain of just living? You know, if God were to speak, what if I'd have to become a member and sell out to the cult of the tabernacle? Ugh, get a sticker. I mean, if God were to speak, what... I mean, it might mean that, that, that I can't just live for myself. It might mean that I have to actually start loving others. See, it starts with asking God to speak, but then we have to believe that He's speaking, and we have to believe that He's speaking to me. So how do we know? How do we know? Zachariah didn't know. Zechariah wasn't sure. And Zechariah was holy, upright, blameless. He was a priest for crying out loud. And he didn't know. He doubted. I don't want to respond like Zechariah responded. I want to believe that God speaks. And on any given Sunday, there's people here that don't believe in God. I love you. I, I'm not afraid of you. I, I, because I know that God exists. I know he's there. I know that he speaks. You can't do anything to change my mind. 
And I'm daring you, I'm inviting you in the midst of your doubt to ask him to speak. Just see what happens. And I want to give you four things on how you'll know it's him. Just some guidelines of how God speaks. Number one might not even sound like a guideline, but just go there with me. Number one, God speaks however he wants. God speaks however he wants. I tried my best to give you a list, OCD people. You know, I tried to, my best legalist people to tell you these, these are the ways that God speaks and he only speaks this way. But the problem is the scripture says that God does whatever he pleases. That means he speaks however he wants, whenever he wants, to whomever he wants, and says whatever he wants. He's a for real God. Sorry about that. He's the only truly, infinitely free being in the universe. Totally free. God speaks however he wants. And he's infinitely creative in how he speaks. Now, the way I experience God speaking a lot, because I spend a lot of time in this book, but also because it's a thousand plus page letter that he wrote to mankind, God speaks through the Bible. He speaks through the words of scripture. Whether you're reading it or hearing someone read it or talk about it, there is power in the Bible. What the Bible says about the Bible is that it's living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. You know what that means? That means this book is alive. This book is alive. It's not just leather and wood. This book is alive, not because there's anything spectacular about the leather and wood, but God's truth, God's word, inspired by his spirit, recorded over 4,000 years and then given to us, written by all of these different authors, 66 different books. They're the words of God And they have power to convict us of sin. They have power to encourage us in times of need. They have the power to guide us through life, wisdom, comfort, you name it. The very words of eternal life are in God's word. It's alive. It is alive and God speaks through his word. God just doesn't speak through his word. God speaks through music. So if you're sitting there going, I don't read much, but I love music. Good, because God's an artist. He's the greatest artist ever. All you have to do is look at a Michigan sky at just the right time and you know it. We sang about every sky is filled with wonder. It doesn't just have to be a sunset or a sunrise. It can be a dark and cloudy day and you just look up and you're like, wow, it's never the same. God's an infinitely creative artist. He can speak through music. Music is powerful because it skips the head and goes straight to the heart. Some of the most powerful music is when the music is rooted in God's words And now I'm singing God's words and it's that one part of the song, you know, that little bridge and there's not quite resolution and you know, you feel that little chill and you're just like, wow, man, that music was awesome today. It was more than awesome. It was probably God speaking. Well, he didn't tell me to go free some people in Egypt. God speaks however he wants. He doesn't always have instructions for how the rest of your life is going to pan out. God speak to me and tell me what the next 40 years of the world looks like so I know how to invest. No, you're a selfish jerk. Shut up. He's God and he'll, he'll, he'll say what he wants and how he wants. And maybe through music, he just wants to tell you that you're loved. Maybe through music, you just need to hear that you're forgiven. But God speaks through his word. He speaks through music. He speaks through people. God speaks through people. I've lost track of how many times God has spoken to me through people. Right now, God's speaking through this person, not because I'm anything, but because something special happens when we are obedient and we preach and teach God's word. Scripture says where two or three or more are gathered in his name, 
I am there with them. So two or three or more of us are here and listening and watching online. And so God is here with us. And then he commands some of us that are gifted in preaching and teaching to preach God's word. I'm just being obedient. And then God's here speaking. I'm not God, but God's here speaking. And I'll tell you how I know this. Because I've lost track of how many times someone will say, I came to church or listened online for the very first time and you were talking right to me. And I swear, I told my wife that our house was bugged or there's a secret camera. They know it. And three weeks straight, and they've been looking right at me. And I swear, he was looking at me. And it's like, they know what's going on. And wow, how did you do that? And I'll be like, well, what did I say? And then they'll say, well, this is what you said. And I go, I never said that. Check the tapes. Did I say that? Nope, never said it. But God spoke, but I felt it. I sensed it. You know why? Because when God's people speak, God's speaking. And even when we screw it up, His Spirit is speaking directly to our hearts, the way music does. And sometimes you'll hear stuff that wasn't even said. God speaks through people, not just preaching people. God speaks in small groups. God speaks with your Christian brothers and sisters. God speaks through your children. You know, sometimes when truth just rolls out of their mouths, You hear your child say a prayer and you're just like, wow, God, teach me to pray. Like my nine-year-old Gabby, I want to pray like that. God can speak through non-Christians. He does. I mean, in Scripture, God spoke through a donkey. He can speak however he chooses. God can speak through your circumstances. God speaks through movies. Something that you hear, something you've experienced. He speaks however he wants. God can speak to you in a deer blind. He did for me all this week. Here's the second thing. Well, sorry, before we go there. In Job 33, this is key. Job 33, this is what he says. God speaks in one way and in two, though man does not perceive it. God's speaking. The question is, are we perceiving it? Are we hearing it? Are we recognizing it? Are we listening? Sometimes he's speaking and we're just going, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Here's the second thing. When God speaks however he wants, he's always true to his word. When God speaks, he's always true to his word. Why is the scripture so important for us? Even if you're not a reader, you need to find someone that is a reader because when God speaks, he will never violate his word. John 10 says the scripture cannot be broken. So yes, God is unlimited. He does whatever he pleases. The only limitations God has on himself are the ones that by the laws of the universe he's created, he will not violate his own law. An example of this is no, God cannot make a square triangle because that cannot possibly exist. The law of the universe is a triangle has three sides, a square has four sides, so just stop being dumb. Okay, God cannot do that. I'll tell you something else God can't do. God cannot and will not speak in violation of Scripture. Everything He says, everything you hear will line up to Scripture. This is why we go to Christian counseling, and many times we don't like to hear what the counselor says. I feel like God's telling me uh, to leave my wife and, 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 and to run off with the woman that I'm sleeping with on the side. That's not God talking. That's a different God talking. That's a God called Baal talking, a sex God. That doesn't line up with Scripture. So God's going to speak, but it's got to be true to His Word. It will always be true to His Word. That's why we have His Word. 
So when I hear something and I think it's God speaking, I can double check it. And I can ask you, hey, does that seem consistent with God's word? Yeah, or no, that doesn't seem consistent. God always speaks true to his word. It will always be consistent. It's always going to match up. It'll be however he wants, and it'll always be with that guardrail or those guardrails, that it'll be true to scripture because the scripture cannot be broken. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he was the truth figuratively, and he's the truth literally. Every word of scripture is either pointing towards him in the Old Testament or pointing back to him in the New Testament. It's all about Jesus. So it's not going to violate anything in the character of God or any of the commands of God or any of the personality or nature of Jesus. He'll always be true to his word. Here's the third thing. When God speaks, it will be relevant to me. It'll be relevant to me. God is a personal God. He knows the number of hairs that are on your head. He knows your situation better than you do. He knows your future and you don't. In Jeremiah 33, 3, he says, Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. That's a promise. If there's no wasted words in Scripture and that verse on the screen is true, that means any single person here can call out to God and not only will He hear you, He will answer you. You may not like what the answer is, but He will answer you. And He'll tell you great and hidden things that you hadn't known before. When God speaks, it'll be relevant. It's not just going to be, yeah, God speak and show us your love, all of us together. No, if you call out and ask God to show us your love, he's going to show it to you and to your heart. If you ask God to speak, it will be personal and relevant to you and your, your situation, your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your future, your past, your present. It'll be relevant. I find great comfort in that, right? It's going to be relevant to the situation. I, I, you know, I remember I, I had a friend one time, I was at a Christian university, and because we can kind of get out of whack with God speaking, and suddenly everyone's walking around, God spoke to me and said, there are blowfish at the bottom of the Indian Ocean. And you're like, okay. And that means, I don't know, meditate on it. Like, Easy, guru. Stop smoking weed, okay? How about you just read the Bible and calm down, right? Whatever. But so I had this friend. I'm at a Christian university. It's late night and it's the middle of the night and I'm studying for an exam and we'd all been cramming and he tapped out and gone to bed. And then two hours later, he comes out in his underwear and he goes, John, God just woke me up and told me to tell you something. And I'm like, whoa, this is it. This is it. This is where I find out how I die, right? And I'm like, what is it? He goes, he gave me a verse. Give me the verse. Write it down. He gave me a verse. I, I, I double checked. You sure there's a verse? Yeah. And then I looked up the verse and I went back in. I said, hey, Dave, are you sure that's the verse? He goes, that was a verse, man. I'm going back to bed. And I read it and literally it, it was, I don't remember the exact verse, but it was something like, and Abraham tied a donkey to a tree and walked up the mountain. <laughs> Checked it in another church. That has nothing to do with my situation. I'm studying for an exam here. Stop playing with my mind. In fact, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. It's my opinion. Be very careful of the person. And if you're here, stop being that guy, the guy that walks around and God's always speaking to you about what to say to me. Because when God speaks, he's going to speak relevant to me and he's going to speak to me. He's going to speak to me. So when I have people, God told me to tell you something. I'm like, really? Because he didn't tell me. I'm just going to tell you before you even open your mouth. And I'm talking to him and I'm asking him and I think he would show it to me, right? Right? 
Now, sometimes that can happen. God speaks however he chooses. On a very few occasions in my life, very few, I've sensed God telling me to tell someone something. And I don't even tell them God told me to say that. They don't need that information. Okay? God sent me on a mission, so then I go tell them. And you know what I find out almost every time that that's happened? After I've done that, that person goes, you know what? I have sensed God saying the same thing to me. That just confirms something in my heart. Thank you. Because when God speaks, it's going to be relevant to you. It's going to be relevant to your life. All I'm hearing from God is how much He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Well, you know what? Maybe the God of the universe that knows you better than you know yourself, He really needs you to know that you're loved. And it's about time you got it through your thick skull. Or maybe He's speaking this relevance to you. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. Get over it. Let it go. You're forgiven. I died on the cross for that. You're forgiven. I love you and you're forgiven. Or you matter. See, it isn't always instructions to go and let my people go. Sometimes he's speaking peace to us. He's speaking what's relevant to us in our situation. But we don't want to hear it. We want to hang on to our bitterness. We want to hang on to our shame. We want to keep the drama alive. We are a generation of Facebook drama queens. Instead of living peace and enjoying God's love and living in his grace and giving it to other people, we got to be mad about something. We got to be mad about Obama. We got to be mad about the village council. And we got to be mad at the DNR because you got to have three points on one side. And we got to be mad at the road work. And I'm my boss and my wife and I'm just mad. And God's saying, I'm speaking to you. Would you calm down? Just live in my love. Enjoy my grace. Let it go. We don't want to hear that. Because then we'd have to deal with the junk in our heart. We'd have to deal with the blackness that's in here. We'd have to learn to live for real and to love for real. He'll answer us if we call to him and it'll be relevant. And it'll be in a way that you hear it. I want to stick on this point just for a second. When God speaks to you, It'll be in a way that you understand it, and it might sound silly to other people. I've lost track of how many people have said, man, I really felt God saying something to me. And then I'll say, describe what happened, and what did he say? And I'll look at it, and I'll be like, okay, that was creative. Never heard that one before. But it's true to his word, and it's definitely relevant to you, and this is honoring to God, and this kind of matches up with my understanding of the scripture. And they go, yeah, but you probably think I'm crazy. No, I don't, because God speaks however he wants, and it's going to be relevant to you, and you may hear it in a way that she's not going to, and she's going to hear it in a way that they're not going to hear it. It's going to be in a way that's relevant, and point number four, it'll activate your faith. It'll activate your faith. When God speaks, it activates faith. What do I mean by that? Well, if I saw an angel, if an angel just appeared here, and you knew it wasn't a pyrotechnic trick, you'd be like, whoa, do you know what happened at the tabernacle? We'd have a packed house. We'd break the church next week. There wouldn't be a seat in the house. We'd have to have eight services. Everyone wants to see an angel do a trick again. Well, I haven't seen an angel. You betcha that when Zachariah saw an angel, and you betcha when the people realized that he couldn't speak and couldn't hear, that he'd had a vision from God, it activated their faith. There was a ripple effect to this supernatural speaking of God. There was a ripple effect. And it included his wife, Elizabeth, she has this miraculous baby and people were like, and then he opens his mouth, you'll find out later, and he goes, that was the vision, there was an angel and told me this guy was going to be special. And they're like, whoa, 
we thought you guys were old, but this is ridiculous. It activates faith when God speaks. It just doesn't activate faith that way. Romans chapter 10 says this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. That means God speaks and faith comes. Faith is activated. And it isn't just because God speaks in a relevant way that you'll understand and you'll get it. It also means faith will be required of you. See, there's a lot of people that come to church and, and, for example, if this is the way that God chooses to speak, through preaching, through his word, through the music, through someone that hugged you, through someone that said, I'm so glad to see you after 15 years in church, I just wanted to say, I'm sorry, and then there's a big tear fest, and you're like, oh, it was so great, it moved me, the service moved me, right? Between the front doors and your car, the little enemy starts to say, that didn't really happen. That wasn't real, you're just emotional, you're just a wreck, you need counseling, you're a mess, you missed medication, I need a drink, Right? All those fab tabbers and all that stuff. God's not really there. That's not really God. Don't believe it. And at that point, your faith needs to be activated to kick in that it's God speaking. That's, that's one of the reasons why at our church we have to be diligent about not controlling people. I'm not trying to control you. I'm not trying to manipulate anyone. I want to speak the truth and then let you and God go sort it out. There's more power in that, isn't there? Because if I try to manipulate, if I try to play on your emotions, or if I try to you know, just say the right thing at just the right time, and all to Jesus, everybody cry, and let's snot on each other and hug and all this, you can chalk it up to emotion. But if I go, here's the truth, go think about it. And if you really want to be a Christian, come back. Now it's real. Your faith got activated. You with me? When God speaks... Faith is activated, and you'll know that you know that you know that it was God. You'll know it. Just like they used to say, you know, you'll know when you're in love. The problem is, a lot of times I thought I was in love, but I wasn't. I was in lust, deep lust, right? About five or six times before I really felt, or sorry, until I really met someone that I fell in love with. But then I knew that I knew that I knew that I was in love, and this was the one. Even more so, when God speaks, you'll know it's Him. You'll know it's him. When God speaks, it'll activate your faith. And your job then is to respond in faith. Because when he speaks, it'll be however he wants. And I can't tell you. In fact, I got a good feeling some people are going to leave here today and they're going to be like, whatever that was about. And then all of a sudden, it's going to hit you. It'll be funny if it happens in the mall. Right? Or in the cab of your truck. Or in the middle of the night when you can't go back to sleep. But if you really ask God to speak to you, I can't tell you when he will or how he will, but he'll speak. He'll answer. And whatever he says, it will be true to his word and it'll be relevant to you. It'll be relevant to your life. Whatever it is you need to hear, maybe what you need to hear is that he's there, that he cares. Maybe what you need to hear is that you're forgiven. Maybe you need to hear, it's time to give up trying so hard, trying to be perfect, trying to control everything and everyone. Maybe you're going to hear, stop stressing. Why do you worry so much? I know what the birds need, and I've clothed the flowers. I got you. I'll take care of you. Maybe you'll hear, it's time to confess sin. Maybe you'll hear, it's time to turn your heart back to maybe You'll hear, it's time to work on your marriage. 
or to forgive your parents or to start loving God with everything instead of just a little bit. It'll be relevant to you and it'll activate your faith. God speaks, I believe. God speaks, will I believe? God speaks, will you believe? Do you really want God to speak? Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd and my sheep hear my voice and they know my voice. They recognize my voice. They will not follow another. They'll know it's me. Here's my challenge as we start this series. Do you want God to speak to you? I mean, you got to decide that, really. We could have made this five or six sermons. Just start out, do you really want him to say something? Are you ready for it? Can you handle it? But I think most of us, the reason we're here, we're kind of, and even in the back of our mind, yeah, it'd be kind of cool. What would he say? I encourage you to move past that. And I encourage you, I dare you, I challenge you, I invite you, choose whichever one of those makes you feel the best. I challenge you to ask him to speak. God, would you speak to me? Say whatever you want. God, speak. I'll believe. I'll believe. We bow your heads with me. Lord Jesus, I pray on behalf of myself and those people that call this church their church, those that are listening or watching online, that God, as we earnestly ask you and call out to you, that you would answer us. God, would you speak to us? Would you speak to us however you want? We'll know it's you because it'll be confirmed and consistent and true to your word. God, I know that when you speak, it'll be relevant to me, to my situation. God, I pray that you would activate our faith in a way that we can respond by believing what you said. God, we thank you for your servant, Zachariah, and his wife, Elizabeth, Thank you that we can learn from their example. And God, as we start this Christmas story looking at how you speak, God, I pray that you would help us to believe that the same God that spoke the world into existence, the same God that spoke through the prophets, the same God that spoke to Zechariah, the same God that spoke, his name is Jesus, by his Holy Spirit and by the power of his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross, he still speaks today. And his spirit that lives in us, God, help us to tune our radios to his frequency, to listen and to hear what he's saying. God, all of this I ask for your glory and our joy. And it's in Jesus Christ's great name that we pray.